Good morning. Today we'll be studying the sixth chapter of Hilchot Shivitat Yom Tov. In this chapter, we'll deal with uh, three main topics. The first topic is Eruvet Tavshilin, and the second topic um, is respecting and enjoying uh, Yom Tov and the purpose of Yom Tov. And the third topic is Avelut um, on Hol Hamoid. Yom Tov Shabbat. And this is actually straight out of a Mishnah and Masechet Betza. Yom Tov that happens to fall on a Friday. It is prohibited for one to bake and cook on Yom Tov um, for what he wants to eat the next day for Shabbat. And this prohibition is rabbinic. And the purpose of it was for people not to come and cook on Yom Tov for a weekday. As it is a kal If he can't cook for Shabbat on Yom Tov, so obviously he can't cook for a weekday. Therefore, if someone made a dish on the day before Yom Tov and intends to rely on this dish in order to cook or bake from Yom Tov on Yom Tov for Shabbat, it is permissible. And this dish that one would rely on is called Ayruve Tavshilin. And just to refresh everyone's memory, this is obviously different from Ayruve uh, Hatserot and Shitufem of that we talked about in Chod Shabbat, but it shares the name of Ayruve Hatserot as we'll see in the next halacha. And why is this um, procedure or dish? Called Eruv. This dish that one relies on to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbat is called Eruv, is just as the Eruv that is done for the courtyards and the alleyways that we talked about in Chod Shabbat um, is for a visible token, and is in order is and is done to prevent people to think that it is allowed to carry from one reshut to another reshut on Shabbat. So too, this dish is a reminder and a token in order for people not to think that it is permissible to cook um, on Yom Tov for um, it, that is permissible to cook foods on Yom Tov for um, days that are not Yom Tov so to cook for namely to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbat and that that's why this is called Eruv So just like Iruvei Hatserot is done as a visual reminder, 
so people um, won't carry and will remember not to carry from Rishut to Rishut. So too, um, the Eruve Tafshilin is the same. And now we'll get into some more of the details in regards to Eruvet Tafshilin. Eruvet Tafshilin Shura in Pahut Mikazait. And this is a statement by Rav in the Gemara that the minimum quantity for Eruvet Tafshilin is no less than um, the volume of an, a medium sized olive. The same for one person or for many people. The Eruv may not be done just with bread or with oats or anything of this sort um, that is not eaten with bread. No, rather it has to be done with something that is eaten with bread bread for example um, um meat or fish or eggs or anything of the sort and even lentils that are on the bottom of the pot even fat that is on um the the knife after one cuts it um after one cut a piece of meat that was roasted one can scrape the fat and use it for it so if it has a, if the fat is substantial enough that it has a kizai, one may rely on it for irubet afshilin. This dish that we're, we mentioned that is required for irubet afshilin. It can be roasted or boiled or pickled or smoked. A few dagim ketanim shei dihan bechamin Even small fish that once rinsed with hot water is considered cooked, one may rely on them. As we saw in El Chabat, um, there were certain types of fish that would be cooked by pouring hot water on them. In the Gemara, they're called kulyas ha'ispenin. This Eruv must be in existence until he finishes baking whatever he needs to bake or cooking whatever he needs to cook and to heat whatever he needs to heat. However, if the Eruv was eaten or lost or destroyed prior to one to one's cooking, one can only cook, bake, or heat whatever he needs solely for the purpose of Yom Tov and cannot cook from Yom Tov to Shabbat. This is actually, uh, Abaye says this in the Gemara, that if one already began uh, baking or cooking and the Eruv was lost or eaten, one can finish 
whatever they started to cook or bake already. Just like in Al-Khut Shabbat, that um, we had this idea that someone may place uh, the Eruv for, in order for others to rely on it. We have, the same thing applies for Eruv um, Tafshilin, that one may set aside or place the Eruv for um, include others um, and give them ownership just like he does so on Shabbat. And the way, the way we said a person does this on Shabbat is that you take the food and you say, you say that this is um, for all of the members of this Hatser and ideally they should be notified, but if they are not, uh, we mentioned the rule of Zachin Adam Shilobifanav that if um, something um, is done for an individual um, that would benefit him, he doesn't necessarily need to be aware in order for him to be included in whatever is being done. Anyone who can serve as a medium to take part in the Eruv on Shabbat may do so for Yom Tov as well. So for example, we talked about a person's older um, uh, son or daughter above the age of 13 and his Eved Ivri and his wife may all be Zokhe um, for him in the Eruv. However, not um, a person cannot be Zokhe in the Eruv on be by uh, his younger son or daughter under the ages of 13. One does not necessarily have to notify those who, for whom he did the Eruv prior to Yom Tov. However, they need to know that somebody did the Zikui for them and only after may they rely on him to cook and to uh, bake. Even if they did not know that someone made the eru for them, and they didn't have some, and they had, some, and they didn't have someone to rely on, and they only found out on Yom Tov, they may still um, cook and rely on this person. So to someone. Um, may do the Eruv for the entire city or anyone that's close enough uh, and inside uh, the Tehom. <coughs> and um, the next day on Yom Tov may announce that anyone who did not do Eruv Tafshilin may rely on my Eruv. However, ideally, a person should do the Eruv. Um, it's not such a difficult process and um, not necessarily wait until Yom Tov to find out if there are other people that he can rely on in order to cook for, in order to cook on Shabbat. Anyone who sets aside uh, must say the following Baruch Hashem, Eruv. 
Blessing are you, God, uh, master of the universe, the eternal king, who distinguished us uh, by give, with his mitzvot and instructed us to do the mitzvah of Eruv. And a person has to say, following this beracha, that it shall be permissible by virtue of this eruv for me to cook and to bake for yom, on Yom Tov for the purposes of Shab, tomorrow, which is Shabbat. And if he is um, doing the zikui for others, he can say that may it, be, it shall be permissible for me and so-and-so to cook uh, on Yom Tov for the purposes of Shabbat, or may it be permissible for myself and the entire city uh, to cook for Yom Tov on Shabbat. Um, yeah, to cook for Yom Tov on Shabbat. Halachatet. So what if someone didn't do the Iruvet Tavshilin and he didn't, doesn't have anyone to rely on for the Zikui? Just as he is prohibit, prohibited to cook or to bake, so too his flour and his um, unprepared food is also prohibited both for him and for others. So there is a solution for someone that did not um, do Iruvet uh, Afshilin and Someone that, um, someone else that did Uruvet um, Shilin cannot uh, use that individual who did not do Uruvet Shilin and cannot use his food nor his ingredients or his flour. However, what may be done is that the person who did not do the Eruv can transfer ownership to the person who did do the Eruv. And in fact, now he is cooking and baking something of his own that he did do Eru for because he acquired it. And if he wants, after Yom Tov, he can give um, the food and the ingredients um, to the other person um, as a gift. And he may even do so on Yom Tov so that this individual who didn't do the Eru may cook uh, and prepare for Shabbat. Someone who did not do Iruvet Afshilin. So someone who did not do Iruvet Afshilin and cooked and baked and had leftover on Yom Tov or he invited guests and the guests didn't come. He may eat the leftovers for um, for tomorrow and for Shabbat. However, if a person acted subtly and knowingly cooked and had a lot of leftovers, this type of individual is prohibited to eat the leftovers on Shabbat. However, 
if an individual purposefully transgressed and baked and cooked on Yom Tov for Shabbat, this, this food is not prohibited in contrast to the person who did Ha'aramah. I mean, it's a little bit counterintuitive in Ha'aramah, we'll explain why. Why did someone punish um, more severely the person who did Ha'arama and tried to play games more than the individual who um, acted purposefully and cooked purposefully on Yom, on Yom Tov for the purposes of Shabbat? As the individual, again, who did Ha'arama, his food is prohibited to eat, but the person who cooked knowingly on Yom Tov for Shabbat, the food is allowed. For him. Because if you allow people to do the harama, everyone would do the harama and act subtly and knowingly overcook on Yom Tov, and Eruvetafshilin would become totally obsolete. However, the person who transgresses and purposefully cooks on Yom Tov for the purposes of Shabbat. If he transgressed today, um, he, we assume that he won't come to do it again uh, because we don't assume that the Jewish people are, um, are transgressors and do Averot purposefully. And we um, don't assume that someone who uh, transgressed purposefully once will do it again. Now we're going to talk about uh, how Eruvit Shilin applies um, on Yom Tov Shani. Um, and a few very, very interesting um, halachot about the nature of um, Yom Tov Shani. And as we mentioned in the previous chapter uh, in Perek Aleph. As we talked about in the first chapter of uh, Yom, in, uh, Yom Tov, uh, Yom Tov, there are two types of Yom Tov. There's Yom Tov, and then there's Yom Tov Shani Shel Galuyot. That, uh, because um, back in the day, they did not have a calendar, okay? Um, the people who lived far from Yerushalayim, where the Kiddush HaChodesh was done, weren't sure when... Yom Tov was, and Harabam will explain this um, pretty explicitly in uh, Halakha Yodalid, and yeah, in Halakha Yodalid. But all of these halachot are um, apply when it was really a safik, what day was really Yom Tov. Um, but today, and in back in the days, I think um, since Hillel, when the calendar was established, um, we'll see if the following dinim. Apply. So again, all the following few halachot are assuming um, when it, that Yom Tov Shani was still a safek and we weren't sure when Yom Tov was. And again, we'll see how this applies nowadays when we know when Yom Tov is. If Yom Tov fell out on a Thursday and Yom Tov Shani was on a Friday and then Shabbat would follow, one should do Eruvet Shilin on Wednesday, which would be the eve of Yom Tov. 
Shachah velo hiniyah. If a person forgot and didn't do eruvet hafshilin, manihor ba irishon umatne. One may place the eruv on um, the first day of Yom Tov and stipulate a condition. Ketzad, which, how would one stipulate the condition? Meniyah eruvet hafshilin biyom hamishi. Ve'omer im hayom Yom Tov umachar hol lemachar avashel ve'ofel shabbat ve'eni tzarich kilum. A person places the Eruv on Thursday, which would be the first day of Yom Tov, and says the following. If today is Yom Tov and tomorrow is Chol, tomorrow I'll cook and bake for Shabbat, and I don't need anything further. And if today is really not Yom Tov and is just a regular day, and tomorrow is Yom Tov, meaning the real Yom Tov and not the one that, that we do out of Safek. With this Eruv, may it be permissible for me to bake and cook for tomorrow um, for the purposes of Shabbat, which would, which, would be, um, which would be Friday and then Shabbat. Nachayot Beit. Kayotzeh bo, hayu lefanav sheteh kalkalot sheleteve. In the same way, if a person had two baskets of teve, Teve is comes from two words that are combined, tov lo, which is produce that terumot masarot were not taken yet, so it is still not yet um, tov or allowed for an individual to eat from yet. Beyond tov rishon omer on the first day of yom tov he would say im hayom hol tiyezo teruma alzo. If today is um, is uh, is an order is a weekday. May this basket of produce be um, the tiruma for the, this other basket. However, if today is really um, Yom Tov, my, may my, my words are null and void. And then he designates the basket of produce, which is to be the uh, and he puts it aside. And then the following day, on the second day of Yom Tov, he comes back and says, If today is truly Yom, Yom Tov, then may, my words are null and void. However, if today is uh, Yom Tov, sorry, if today is a weekday and not Yom Tov, May this teruma be on um, on the other basket. Vekore al Hashem umnihak edef shekara al hadbarishon umaniyah hadzeh shekara al Hashem teruma veochel et hashnia. Then you should designate the basket which should be for the teruma. It's set aside just as he did in the first day. Whereupon leaving the basket uh, designated as the teruma, he can eat the contents of the other basket. When does all of this apply? This is only in reference to the two days um, of Galuyot. However, on the two days of Rosh Hashanah, that, we, that each one of them um, are considered one Kedushah and it is um, and both of them are have the same 
uh, are considered as one kedusha and considered as one long day. And we don't do one day out of safik and one day out of badai or vice versa. Be'im shachah be'lo yiniyah be'yom revi'i shuv enu maniyah. Ela somech al acherim im eruvu alav o makneh lemishereb o yiyasud e'efot v'lashel l'shabat. If a person forgot and did not place the eruv on a Wednesday, because Rosh Hashanah would be Thursday, Friday, and then going into Shabbat, a person cannot um, do the Eruv on any of the days of Rosh Hashanah. Rather, he has to um, do one of the things that we talked about. He has to rely on someone else if they uh, did the Eruv for him, or he can um, acquire food from someone who did it, did the Eruv, as we said in Halakha Tet, or, or else it would be prohibited for him to cook or to bake for Shabbat. So too, if someone forgot and did not set aside and designate Tirumah on Wednesday, he cannot do so until Motzei Shabbat, which would um, prohibit the person from taking out of the basket until after Shabbat, as we talked about in the previous halacha. Everything we talked about in Halachot, Yod Aleph, Yod Bet, and Yod Gimal. Everything that we talked about from Halakha Yod Aleph to Yod Gimel, was at a time that the um, high court of Israel would sanctify the new month um, based on the Riyah, based on um, having two witnesses come and testify the moment that they saw the new moon, and the Bedin would declare um, the new month. And it would take time for this news to reach um, different places, and the people outside of Israel um, wouldn't necessarily know um, exactly uh, when um, the month was. Thereby, they would do uh, two Yom Tov, and we'll see this explicitly in Hilchot Kiddush HaChodesh, I believe, Perek He. Aval hayom, shebenei Eretz Yisrael somechin ala cheshbon umkadashin alav, en Yom Tov sheni liyistalik min asafek, ela min hag bilvad. However, nowadays, that the people in Israel rely on the calendar and sanctify the new month based on the calendar. Yom Tov Sheni is not done today um, because we are unsure which day is really Yom Tov. Rather, it is a minhag that the Bedin gave their stamp of approval to. The Fikach Ani Omer. And Harambam here gives his own opinion. And again, I'd like to mention that everything we've said um, in this chapter and the prior chapters and everything we will say in the following chapters where Harambam says um, explicitly, that is the, the pl only places in which Harambam inserts his own opinion. Otherwise, uh, he does have a source 
for anything that he does not say ve'ani omer. Therefore, Harambam gives his opinion here and says that he does not think that um, a person can do eruv and do this condition that we mentioned, not for eruv et hafshilin, nor for eruv et hatserot or shitufim avoot, and cannot do the condition of doing terumah of the tevel on the condition that we mentioned. Um, rather, everything must be done prior to Yom Tov. And you can't say that if today isn't Yom Tov, because again, we know which one of the two days is Yom Tov and which one is done um, out of uh, the Minhag. And this um, logic really does make a lot of sense. And it is, I think, pretty difficult to argue against Tarambam's um, opinion here. Now we're going to shift gears and talk about um, the second topic of this chapter, which is um, enjoying the um, hug uh, and how one should properly do so and what should one should do and one, what one should definitely, definitely refrain from doing. Just as it is a mitzvah, to honor the Shabbat and to delight in the Shabbat and to enjoy Shabbat, so too it is a mitzvah to honor, delight, and enjoy all of the Yamim Tovim. As it says in Yeshaya, to distinguish um, the honorable God. And all of the Yamim Tovim are called um, a day uh, in which you call it sanctified. And in the last chapter of Yilchot Shabbat, we specified and described the honoring and the delightment one should take on Shabbat, and the same applies for Yom Tov. And just as on Shabbat, it is improper for one to have a um, meal from the Minha onwards, um, it is um, not proper for one to do so on Yom, on the eve of Yom Tov as well, because this is included in the kibbutz or the honor that we mentioned. And anyone who disgraces um, the mo'adot and does not um, have the proper respect for them is if it's as if he attaches himself to avodah zara. And there is a very very interesting gemara in. Masechet um, Pesachim in the chapter of Arve Pesachim, the Kofiod Het Amud Aleph, that I want to share with you, and it may shed light on why Hamim um, compared uh, anyone who disgraces the Mu'adot to Abu Dazara. Amar Rav Sheshat, Mishum Rabbil Azar ben Azariah, Rav Sheshat said in the name of El Azar ben Azariah. Anyone who disgraces the fest festivals or the Hagim, it is as if he is worshipping Abu Dazarash Tishmor. The Torah, when talking about the talking about the prohibition of making a consecrated God, um, right after it says the Pasuk, 
immediately following in the next pasuk after that is it that one should keep um, and guard and continues to talk about the Hagim. So just by the juxtaposition of Elohim Asicha, which is um, one of the, in one way, one would do Awadazara, right? Following that in the Torah, and juxtaposed to it, is um, the mention of the Hagim. So by the fact that they, they are juxtaposed in the Torah, they seem to have something to do with each other. The seven days of Pesach and the eight days of Sukkot, along with the rest of the Yamim Tovim, like Shavuot, they are all for prohibited um, for one to eulogize on them and to fast on them. And one must be in good spirits and joyful. Him, his children, his wife, all the people of his household, and all of those dependent on him. As it says in the Torah, you must be festive and joyful on your holidays, you, your children, uh, your sons, daughters, your um, servants, both male and female. Despite the fact that that specific pasuk is referring and that simha is referring specifically to the Qurban Shilamim, the peace offering that was brought on Yom Tov, just as we'll um, talk about um, in El Chod Included in that simha is to be joyful and festive, him, his sons, and the people of his household, everyone um, according to their means and in the same way that it would be proper to uh, for the, them to be joyful. And just from this halakha, we see that the simha that we're referring to here isn't um, one of selfishness, and isn't one of um, uh, egocentricness. Uh, rather, it is collective and shared um, among him, his family, and all of those dependent um, on him. Ketzad. How exactly um, would is um, should one be festive on the hug and do whatever is proper to him? For those children, a person should give them a types of candy back in the day where um, certain nuts, almonds, or dried fruit. And for women, one should buy them clothes or jewelry um, according to his means. Haram um, here is um, emphasizing to us that a person shouldn't take out a loan in order to buy certain things um, for the for the hog. Rather, a person should judge whatever he can 
and do whatever his means allow him to. And for the men, they should eat meat and drink wine, as simha is defined as having meat and wine. And just as he uh, is prescribed to drink and eat, he must feed those who are um, dis disadvantaged, and namely the ger, the convert, the yatom, the orphan, the widow, and anyone else who is poor or destitute. Aval Mishe Noel Daltot Hatsero. However, anyone who locks the gates of his courtyard and has and drinks and eats um, alone and isolates himself just with his sons and his wives and does not feed uh, or give to drink the poor or those whose uh, souls and spirits are bitter. This is not at all the simha of celebrating the Yom Tov and, and not even close or remotely close to the simha of any mitzvah. Rather, it is a simha that is self-serving and a simha of fulfilling one's um, um, digestive um, desires. The, as the as the Navi says in Hoshea, their sacrifices shall be unto them as bread of mourners. And there's actually an interesting note here um, in the Rabbi Yochai Makbili edition that um, that the lehem onim that we're referring that the navi is referring to here is that um, it should be like a mourner's food that a mourner's food um is tamemet so when it says the navi is saying that may their sacrifices and be um be metamemet cause um, the worst type of tum'ah all of those who eat from it shall be tame, um, because their bread is for their own appetite. And this type of uh, quote-unquote simha is in fact a disgrace for them. As the Pasuk says that I will spread dung, excrement am among your faces, even the dung of your sacrifices. And just to emphasize and drive this point home, a person should truly focus on those who are um, less um, advantaged as he is and really care for the uh, aniyim and the yatom, especially with Pesach um, and even Purim coming up. There's a separate mitzvah on Purim to give matanat evyonim, but should, is always something we should keep in mind before the hagim uh, to either invite um, people into our homes or to um, give tzedakah um, that would provide meals like uh, um, 
the different organizations that do so to provide meals on Shabbat even and on Yom Tov. And it is truly, truly a mitzvah to do so and we should uh, encourage others to do the same. Just um, just because of the fact that just because Yom Tov, just because eating and drinking on Yom Tov is included in the mitzvah of having happiness during the, the Hag, one should not eat and drink all day long. This is the rather this is the following is the proper procedure. A person should w- wake up in the morning um, along with the rest of the members of the community and go to the Bet Knesset, go to the Bet Midrash and pray and re- read the Torah um, about um, whatever day it is, um, and then return to their homes, eat, and then return and go back to the Bet Midrash, read, uh, recite either Torah Shebikhtav or recite Mishnayot until half the day, and then after Hatzot Hayom, they should pray Mincha, and then return to their homes and eat and drink with the rest of their families um, until the night. Notice how Harambam in the first um, eating that he mentioned did not include drinking because one would have to pray minha following that first meal. And only after a person prayed minha they should drink because a person, as we talked about in Chotefila, may not um, drink, may not pray while intoxicated. Now, um, notice how here Harambam um, talks about um, the proper way one should celebrate the Hag. Um, something we should keep in mind, um, in contrast to how the Goyim celebrate their festivities and all of these, um, a person, while studying these Halachot, this is something that we should keep in mind um, all the time, but specifically the following Halacha. I, I want everyone to, everyone listening, to have this in mind that in contrast to how the Goyim celebrate their festivities, the following is how we must celebrate ours. When a person eats and drinks and is joyous on the regal, on the hag, a person may not um, drink excessively and be um, and act too casually and uh, clown around at all and say that the more he clowns around and the more he drinks and the more um, he does any any of these things um, he is adding to the mitzvah because drinking and clowning around too much and being too lightheaded um, is not at all simha and is not at all considered joyous in the Jewish mind. Rather, it is folly and stupidity. And we were never 
instructed to act foolishly and to act stupidly. Um, rather, we were instructed on, sim on the simha that has in it an element of worshipping um, the creator of all as it says in the Torah, because of in it, the Torah there is talking about um, different punishments that we'll receive because we did not worship God properly with the proper simha and in good spirits. From this we learn that worship is joy is through um, being joyful, and it is prohibited, and it is impossible rather, for a person to worship Hakadosh Baruch Hu, um, while clowning around and doing stupid things, and while being drunk. And just a note to everybody listening: um, the the same applies for Purim that we talked about in Hilchot um, Hilchot Deot that getting drunk and the language Harambam here uses is extremely strong. Getting drunk, um, getting overly drunk on Purim is absolutely prohibited. And I actually heard a rabbi this past Shabbat giving a derasha who said that it is a mitzvah and it is a chovah um, to get drunk on Purim. This is absolutely incorrect. One may not get excessively drunk on Purim and act stupidly at any uh, time during the year, especially on Purim, that it is a um, person must fulfill certain mitzvot on Purim. And by getting drunk, a person, the odds are, a person would probably not um, fulfill these mitzvot. And aside from that, when a person gets drunk, Harambam talks about in the Moreno Ruchim that it's the worst type of behavior a person can engage in because getting drunk is doing things out of his own volition. You're um, consciously. Um, doing actions to harm yourself and to harm your um, decision-making. And as Purim is coming up, we should all have this in mind. <laughs> One measure in this halakha talks, is, talks about certain measures that hachamim would have back in the day to prohibit any um, behavior that would get out of hand. The courts of of the cities, um, both in Israel and outside, must um, establish certain uh, policemen and people on the regalim that would search and seek out people in the gardens or in the orchards or by the rivers, certain places that people would typically not go in order for them not in order for them to make sure that there aren't people gathering um, drinking and eating um, men and women both men and women there and would potentially come to do an avera and they should also warn um, everybody not to have men and women um, mixed together too casually um, and not to um, drink wine excessively for them not to do an avira. This is something you should definitely, definitely um, do today and publicly announce in the Bataknesiyot um, as they would do back in the day. 
הלכה כ"א, ימים שבין ראשון ושביעי של הפסח ושמיני של חג הסוכות. Now we're going to switch gears and talk about חול המועד and the um, morning during, during it. So the days that are between uh, the first day and the seventh day of פסח, the first day and eighth day of סוכות, והם בגולה ארבעה בתוך הפסח וחמישה בתוך החג, and outside of Israel they are the four days between the first two days and the last two days of פסח, and the five days between the first two days of, um, of, uh, of סוכות, and the last two days of סוכות, they are called, הן הנקראים חולו של המועד, They are called Hullo Shil Mu'ed, Vinikra'in Mu'ed, and they're typically called Mu'ed. They are, they too are, um, are, a person is obliged to have Simha and prohibited to eulogize or mourn and to fast on it. Um, sorry, not, not to eulogize, rather. It is prohibited to mourn and to, have, and to fast on it. One may eulogize a Talmid Chacham before the burial. Aval HaShayi Kaver, however, after the Talmid Chacham was buried, Asuli Lesofto Bahin. It is prohibited to mourn for him. Ve'en tzarich lomar berashi chodashim b'chanukah u'furim she'sovdin b'hen Talmid Chachamim b'chanav. And we don't even need to mention on Rosh Chodesh and Chanukah and Purim that uh, one, one um, should um, Mourn and eulogize it. Sorry, eulogize for Talmid Chacham before he is buried. Despite the fact that these days are also prohibited uh, um, to be for one to mourn and to fast on them. However, after the Talmid Chacham was buried, it is prohibited to eulogize them. The bed person, uh, the deceased is placed on, may not be placed in on the road or publicly on the moed. In order for people not to cause people to eulogize on the moed when they see the deceased. Rather, a person should be taken from the house directly to the burial site. It is prohibited to mourn on the on the moed. So too, it is uh, prohibited to do the mitzvah of kiriyah, tearing, tearing one's clothes, clothes when they hear of the when they hear the deceased passed away, and it is, and we don't do the seudat havra'a, which is the meal immediately following um, the burial, and we do not, um, and do halitzat katef that a person who um, is mourning for his teach for his teacher who taught him Torah or for one of his par parents tears his clothes so much so that he exposes his shoulder and his chest. So we don't do any of these things um, on the moed for the deceased unless it was one of the deceased that one must um, mourn for them. However, if this individual was a sage or a worthy man that you were, that, or if you were um, in the room during the time of death, one would do kiri'ah on the mo'ed, even though this individual is not one of the seven related relatives 
one of the seven relatives that you would be obliged to mourn for them. And we do not do on Yom Tom Shini at all, even um, for one of the seven relatives um, that one must be was, must mourn for them. Because as we talked about, uh, there isn't um, we treat Yom Tov Rishon and Yom Tov Shini in the same way nowadays, except for um, if a person died, um, he may be buried by Jews as opposed to Goyim, as opposed in contrast to Yom Tov Rishon that if a person dies, um, they would be buried by Goyim as we talked about in Halakha in Perik Aleph. Final Halakha, Halakha Kav Gimel, Nashim Bamoed, Lifneha Met Me'anot, women on the mo'ed in regards to mourning. If the deceased is in front of them, they may lament and moan, but they don't clap their hands or their thighs and don't chant mourning songs. However, if the deceased is buried, they do not do uh, this inui or this um, lamenting or moaning. And we'll talk, we'll specify exactly what that is in a, in in the next clause of the halakha. If the deceased hasn't yet been buried, they do me'anot, and uh, they are me'anot and metapehot, but they aren't mekonenot. Which, what is in this inui? That all of the women sing in unison. The kina is uh, the mekonenot um, is when one woman leads and the rest answer. One is prohibited to arouse grief um, on his deceased prior to the um, 30 days prior to the regal. In order for him not to enter the regal um, and be um, upset and sad because of um, the because of the deceased. Rather, he should remove the worry, worry of his dead deceased um, and truly try and focus on the simha um, and happiness and joyfulness of, uh, of the hug. Tomorrow, Bezat Hashem will do Perik Shavi'i.